0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Car Tech Garage. This week, to drive or not to drive, the cars we love and the cars we don't. Max? Got to make the list. You know, some good
1: cars, bad cars. We see them all the time. Too often. Too Too often. Too often, indeed. Too often or not often enough. Ooh. Touche. Touche.
0: All right. First one up. Nissan Pathfinder. What do you think about the Nissan Pathfinder, Max? Well... You know, I'm not a
1: Nissan fan. Start off by saying that, so I'm a little biased in that aspect. Um, I mean, we got to really break it down into more of a generational thing with the Pathfinder because it has been around for some time. Totally agree. So we should break it down into you know first,
0: second, third, and is there fourth gen now? I don't, I don't. Yeah, know. four, and then they're going on the fifth one for 22, I think, or 23. Okay. So we're gonna Yeah, yeah the, the new new ones coming out. Um, now, I mean, to start off with. If you guys are listening here, the majority of you, if you do drive a Pathfinder, it's probably a fourth generation. That's 2012 and up. You know, most, most people have a 2012 or up car at this point. Um, that one, I'm not the biggest fan of. Now, it's not a bad car. Really proven engine, truly. You know, the 3.5 is a very, very stout configuration. It is very reliable. It does a great job, makes great power. Um, but it's everything around it. <laughs> that yeah. usually fails. So we've seen a plethora of alternator failures with those, mm-hmm. like a plethora of alternator failures. It's just like on the Nissan Muranos. It's so the um, truth. And there's a couple of updates for them because when you do the alternator, you also have to update the ground wire for them on on many instances. I've had to do that on a couple of Muranos and a couple of Pathfinders where the ground wire will just get corroded. And I've seen a couple of instances where people will throw on an aftermarket alternator and they won't hook the, that XX ground wire back up mm-hmm. and it'll charge, but it'll overcharge. Yep. And it like burns <laughs> everything up. It's so annoying. Um, so that's why we usually have to fix people's uh, backyard problems. Yep. <laughs> but, that's the truth. But the big one is the transmission. Yes. That's, that's where a hard no
1: immediately, anytime hard no. anybody asks me about the Pathfinder, <laughs> absolutely not yeah and it's you know i as i said i'm not a fan of nissan it's a case where the car looks great styling's nice interior's good it's everything's good about it just transmission fails and as you said alternators suspension components because it's really not designed like a four wheel drive. Not you know, the new one. Yeah. At all. Exactly. So it's, it's more of a car on stilts. Yeah. So
0: it's even worse if you try to use a newer Pathfinder as you would an older Pathfinder. Yes, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> That's where these whole names,
1: names are starting to play a weird role because when I think of a Pathfinder, mm-hmm. you know, I'm thinking of something like a older Ford Explorer. It's got four wheel drive. Yeah. It's kind of rugged. It's, you don't get the great ride quality. But it's kind of meant to do a little bit yeah. of off-road and, and be able to handle it. Where exactly. the a pathfinder, f- you'd get stuck in a gravel parking lot. Yeah, exactly.
0: you have to go find it.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's <laughs> not going to find it itself.
0: That's um, a good analogy for it. So the first, second, and third, though, I mean, those are pretty stout. They really are. The, the first generation, even though there's not many of them around because most of them are 30 years old, but we do have one customer that has a 30-year-old one, still runs and drives. It is rusty as shit. But yeah. it runs and drives. <laughs> I agree. I and I don't know if it was – I
1: haven't done too much research on them, but, like, the, the materials that they used during those years,
0: that, that metal just was susceptible to a lot more rust. Well, it's not just that. I mean, a lot of manufacturers, you know – weren't really prepared for the Midwest.
1: <laughs> yeah, that is true. We're kind of in this bubble yeah, that like, they just oh, forget you know, about. It's
0: really sturdy, but, you know, you got to have holes here and there. Obviously, moisture is going to get into, some, in, into places. And even as a, a wonderful engineer, you can't always anticipate, you know, with a crystal ball, every single thing that's going to rot out over a 30-year time frame. I mean, you know, ultimately, the earth is going to reclaim all these vehicles if they're out in the, in the elements. I agree. Now, I really, really like the third generation. Mm -hmm. Um, just because the way it looks, you know, the, the, they had the upgraded one. Uh, We actually had a couple at the shop yesterday. It was the uh, third gen Pathfinder had the roof rails on top and everything. It was the off-road package and it was sitting right next to an an S pro X4. And, um, they looked really similar and you can kind of see, you're like, oh yeah, they spruced up this version of Pathfinder. And that was the last one that was really kind of like on a tried and true truck frame. Yeah, Um, But the first and second generation kind of have my heart if we're talking about like one to go off roading in, especially the second generation. But first and second generation, they did all sorts of stuff to really make it off road capable because they wanted it to compete right up shoulder to shoulder with the forerunner, if not edge it out. And they put like a thicker windshield in it, like more sturdy frame supports on certain aspects. They purposely beefed up the suspension because they knew people would be taking out these things into the middle of the desert and doing really stupid stuff with them. So they prepared for that. And, um, you know, it's kind of really cool to see. So I think as a whole, if we break it up, the first three generations of Nissan Pathfinder, I would drive them until the wheels fall off. Exactly. Fourth one, dump it in the river. <laughs> I'll agree with that statement. Yeah. And roll the windows down so it sinks to the bottom more quickly. Um, next one up, your, one of your favorite vehicles. What's that? The Jeep Wrangler. Jeep Wrangler. Yep. Yeah, I'll I'll let you head
1: this one off, Max. I I think we know where this one's going. So, with a Wrangler, um, the biggest thing, you know, I always always bring to attention is, you know, me. I love Jeeps. I'm a huge Jeep guy. Mm -hmm. I don't see them for a purpose of a daily driven vehicle. You know, it just doesn't make sense to me. It's meant to be an off-road vehicle. You don't have comfort. You don't have all these, as I like to call them amenities associated. Well, (laughs) and you have
0: to break it up. The the first one's absolutely not total bare bones. Now the, you know, the, the, what is it now the lj inside or is yeah, it something
1: like that jkl jlk i i, yeah. I have trouble keeping JKL, up with them, K- Ow, once um, again we had to break <laughs> it up into into years but if we're talking you know newer ones to me it's kind of a confusing thing because <sighs> it's a jeep but if we look back at the older ones you know kind of that military style where it is barebone basics it it, mm-hmm. it it drives
0: it yeah. stops Yep. That's about all there is to it. And by drives, he means drives over anything, as you guys know. I mean, the, the first Jeeps, you know, made by the American Bantam Car Company, um, contracted by Ford to build the majority of them, and then ultimately coming into the culmination when AMC started to build the first, you know, Jeep CJ5s. Mm-hmm. It was before the Wrangler, um, and that's obviously the vehicle that transitioned into the Wrangler under Chrysler Corporation. Um and they're really just rugged, durable, badass. I mean, they, they were meant to be. There's a couple of stories. So the Jeep, um, the name Jeep, there's a little bit of mystery surrounding why it's called Jeep, because they started it out and they ended up calling that. But ultimately, it got the nickname Jeep on the battlefield because initially it was just the military general purpose vehicle. Mm-hmm. Now a lot of people think that on the battlefield shorthand got to you know general purpose GP, and then finally people just started calling them jeeps. But if you look back in cartoon history, and something I think is really funny when you look at the old Popeye the Sailor Man mm-hmm. uh, cartoons, there was this dog animal, some type okay, of yep. super powered you know little creature that had like super strength, just like Popeye did when he was eating spinach. It was like this thing was always eating spinach, <laughs> and its name was Jeep. So that can do go anywhere, do anything, super you know, utility. Powered. Yeah, just exactly. Thing. So some people think that that's why I ended up getting nicknamed the Jeep because it could just do it all. Yeah, um, you know, you know, load with, it without up. without a sweat. Um, now the new ones are a far cry from the old ones because I haven't seen them be as outrightly durable. You know, they're they're no. not intended as much for off road use. The short wheelbase ones still still are, obviously, but the long wheelbase ones just don't have the ground clearance. They're, they're more of, I hate to say this term, but I love it too. The mall crawler.
1: They are. That's a term, you know, know. and they look
0: cool. They're, they're much more comfortable. I actually like driving them, the long wheelbase ones. Mm -hmm. I I enjoy them.
1: Well, that's what happened was, you know, years, I would say once you had like the TJ, the short wheelbase and they started going to four doors, Mm -hmm. um, you know, during that time you had a lot of rust issues, you know, they were using engines from other vehicles that Chrysler had for years. So you had a lot of the same problems, but What they tried to do was take a a two-door Jeep, which is my favorite thing to drive, you know, short wheelbase, you can park it anywhere. It's meant to go off-road, you know, it's not a highway vehicle. But then they (laughs) went to the four-door, which what they tried to do with that was improve the highway drivability and more on-road Yep. So they started tweaking it to almost try to make it more, more like a standardized
0: SUV. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And when you have that, you start compromising, you know, off-road ability. And yeah. when they're advertising how good a Jeep drives on road, to me,
0: kind of blows my mind because, <laughs> you know. That's the thing. You got to sell them though. And, and I, I commend them for that. And they, at least they still make the short wheelbase Jeeps. That's true. With all the cool trickery that you would ever want for off-road prowess. Um, just like, you know, now granted, you know, I know we're talking about the Jeep, and we're definitely going to give it a to drive rating. But yes, <laughs> I love the new Bronco so much. Yeah. Now, I I don't think it's going to be as good of a vehicle long term, just with Ford's track record as of recent. But it's super cool. Oh, it is! I keep seeing <laughs> it's them. Super cool.
1: And my thing, with the biggest with the Jeeps that really got me, and we're obviously rating this a 2 drive. Yeah. So two things, especially with the it. four liters,
0: especially the four liter <laughs> yes. inline
1: sixes. We are much more a fan of the old ones is with the new ones, you know, when I think of a Jeep, I want something rugged. I'm going to have to bring a sweatshirt because I have a soft top on and it's never going to get warm. I'm going to have to bring earmuffs because I'm going to have big old tires on it. It's going to okay. be louder than can be. It's not going to get good fuel economy. It's going to throw me around every bump I hit. And I'm probably, it's going to be dirty 24 seven. So that to me is what a Jeep is meant for. So it's kind of what you're toying with because I drove a new one a couple of weeks ago. It had a heated steering wheel. It had leather heated seats. It had cruise control. It had yep. automatic doors. It had and parking sensors. It and had cool. view cameras. And I it's was just cool. like, wow, this is a whole different beast than yeah. a old, you know, just
0: roll-down window crank Jeep. Exactly, yeah, not not the same thing. I would imagine it's kind of akin to the way that I love the Miata and the way yes. the first-generation Miata is. Just minimalism, Mm -hmm. just pure driving enjoyment, nothing excessive, no frills, and that's what the Jeep is kind of to you and it would be like if somebody chopped up a Miata, made it longer, put more plushy suspension on it and all sorts of stuff and ruined it, you know.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like I want it to case. make noise. I want to
0: think it's going to snap in half every single time I go around the corner. Yeah, exactly. I want to throw it into a tree and not really
1: be that upset about it. <laughs> you know, now that's a $60,000 mistake versus
0: a $5,000, yeah, exactly. you know, kind of beater Jeep. I know. And 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 as, you know, technicians and and people in the automotive industry, we we kind of have that draw towards those pos cars we really do oh like, yeah and i so, just it's <laughs> just the fact
1: that we are comfortable and knowing that if something breaks we either know how to
0: fix it or we know someone that knows how to and that's why so. i love those old four <laughs> liters because like the, the new three six for instance and three it was a decent engine didn't have too many issues you had you know thermostats leak on them all mm-hmm. the time but ultimately it was pretty decent um, oil pumps went out of them, whatever. It's all right. I can talk about that forever. Um, the new 3.6 liters, the Pentastars, they make good power, decent fuel economy, but there's just so many failures with them that mm-hmm. are so prominent. And some of them run great without hardly any hiccup. However, a lot of them had cylinder head issues that needed to go back to the dealer. And if it was out of warranty, you basically need a full cylinder head rebuild on one of them. They've got ignition coils that like to fail prematurely, especially if they're ridden hard. Um, And then, you know, apart from that, you still have other cooling system issues with them. You've Mm -hmm. got uh, a ton of fuel pump relay issues that have caused fuse box issues and whole fuse panels to have to get replaced. Um, What else do we have on them? Cool temperature (laughs) sensors go bad on them all the time. Um, You know, so it's one of those things, these manufacturers, as they try to minimize their investment into trying to manufacture the same quality of vehicle, there are going to be shortcomings and some of those won't be realized until many miles down the road. You know, they leave the factory and everything's deemed perfect, but ultimately we're the ones that get to see them 10 years, 15 years later. And we're the ones who really know how they hold up. But ultimately the Jeep Wrangler as a whole, I would recommend to drive.
1: And I have one asterisk next to it. And if you can afford the Hellcat,
0: yeah. Or the 392 but version? The Trailcat? Trail yeah, the Trailcat. That's what it's called. Is that what it's
1: called? Yeah. And oh, wait, put, no, I
0: think they just called this one the Jeep 392, didn't they? Well, that's... Because the Trailcat was the Hellcat. That's motor. like the Scat Pack 392 yeah. in there. And Which then, is still
1: plenty. Oh, it is. But if you can afford to get the Hellcat engine in oh, yeah. a Jeep stock... Definitely drive that. Yeah. Nothing else matters at that exactly. point. Exactly. Yeah. Like, come on now. Uh,
0: all right. Next. Anyways, all
1: right. I'm getting excited. I'm, I'm going to the dealership after this. All right. Let's pretend I have a bunch of money.
0: One more. All right. The Ford, in Ranger. The Danger Ranger. Oh. Now you guys know where this one's going. Oh, yeah. Because I love the Ford Ranger. (laughs) I think it is a great little truck. Yeah, I love the tacos a little bit more. (laughs) But you can give me the 2.3 liter or the 4 liter. I will drive that thing into the dirt no matter what. I love both of those engines. It's a great V6. The 2.3 is a legendarily reliable four-cylinder. Even the first-generation Ford Rangers, there are still a few of those running around. And the best part about the Ford Ranger is it's probably the most resilient small pickup truck for rust. By far, because S10s and and even the new Colorados, we've seen severe frame rot on those. I've seen a bunch of S10s just rot in half. And of course, all the Toyota trucks are notorious for rusting out prematurely. But the Ford Ranger, its steel is just of a better grade. And then you have me on the flip
1: side of the whole equation. So we try not to be biased, but in some situations like this, you love it. I Rogers. absolutely dislike the Ford Ranger really? with a passion. Oh, it's such a decent truck, that, and it is. And I I will agree with that statement. Decent truck, but just from, from me, from a driving standpoint. So mm-hmm. taking back from everything, just driving one of these, they're terrible in the rain. Oh, awful! They
0: they suck to drive. Four wheel drive <laughs> isn't that great unless you modify it. I yeah. mean, it, it works. Four wheel spin. bed it <laughs> does pretty well, and it does feel like it's going to flip over every single time you take a corner.
1: Seeing the ball joint failures, um, suspension failures, rough riding conditions. Oh, that's not that bad. Engines. That's just after
0: enough time because they last for 30 years. <laughs> and and then and imagine <laughs> that suspension component wears after 30 years. Call the news. And maybe that's why I'm biased because
1: everyone I've ever worked on has been I a high say, mileage
0: one. I will say the, the four-wheel drive ones, they are awful to do front suspension repair oh, on. Yeah, yeah. They all, I mean, they, and it's really not even a rust factor. It's just the components yeah. are arranged because they, they, it's pretty compactly organized in there ball with, the, joints, with the forward drive system yeah, or a day job. Exactly. Rangers, now the hard drive part Rangers. is when people lift them. That's when the ball oh, joints yeah. just exit the chat pretty quickly. I mean, they're, they're gone. Um, but if you leave it alone, if you leave it alone, take good care of it. I mean, they will run forever. I've just got so many three hundred thousand mile Ford Rangers that come into the shop, and yeah, they make a little bit of a squeak here and there. They're buzzy, you know. <laughs> it, it's not a brand new truck, but they just work and they get it done. And it's one of those things. If you can bear that it's not very comfortable, you can hop in it, start it, and get to work and back every day as long as you don't, you know, see your rear end coming around in the rain.
1: Yeah. And then but it's a good truck. And you have me over there as the technician who's like hiding in the corner, trying yep. to not get that Ford Ranger and, to
0: work on. And they actually have a little <laughs> bit of room in the interior. I mean, as, as a, as a slightly broader human being, yeah. I like a little bit that's of space, true. you know, even though I barely fit my Miata, but like all the all, Ford Ranger has so much, it's It's just so much better than the Chevy S 10 that since that's the only other one that's kind of in the same category, I'm gonna to have to rate it to drive. So if you're picking
1: a Tacoma, all same two wheel drive, four wheel drive doesn't matter. Tacoma S10 or a Ford Ranger, what would be your pick right now? Tacoma, if you it wasn't a Tacoma. Okay.
0: Now that being said, if uh, if we go to the new Ford Rangers, the new Ford Rangers are a different story. I probably should have prefaced with that too because the 2019 and up Ford Rangers, they look great. They are a little bit small inside. Um, I've already seen some premature failures with them. Yeah. We've seen differential seals, <laughs> axle seals go bad with them. But the um, one, the one that had two thousand miles, that two thousand miles, uh, all
1: four struts
0: or shocks—I can't both, remember. Yeah, both rear shock absorbers were blown, and I mean, and blown the left the leaking, and the left. Front oh yeah, was yeah it was, sorry, it was both left side. You're right, it was both left side. Yeah. And I laughed, I was like, whoa, but then I looked at him yep. and it came up to you. 2,000 like, miles. Did he
1: jump this thing? Yeah. You know,
0: Like, what happened? But I'm hoping those will turn out to be pretty decent trucks because I, I do too. like the way they look, and I'm glad that they brought it back out because the F-150 is just so expensive mm-hmm. to get, you know, the one you want. Um, and the EcoBoost engine has been so unreliable long-term. You know, I know everybody wow. loves it. Oh, it tows great. It does this, it does that. Well, you know, if you're actually keeping an eye on it, repairing it, and you keep it for a long time, you'll know how expensive they are. Yes. Anybody that actually owns an EcoBoost and actually drives it, actually has had to work on it and has owned it for more than, than three years, you can't refute what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm just yeah. You know, I'm right. <laughs> I agree. The only reason I like them is because
1: I know how to work on all of the failure components on them. Yeah, it, exactly. You know?
0: And they are cooler than any other truck to drive because they make cool boost spoilers. noises. Yeah, they that make cool, make spool, you feel like a kid. Nice spooly
1: boy noises. See, I was laughing that you brought up Ranger, and I know this this podcast so we release few, but. For anybody that watches Cletus McFarland, you know, one of my favorite YouTubers, he's doing the Danger Ranger 9000 this weekend. So you said that and I started laughing.
0: I'm like, yeah, there's a whole group of crazy ones doing racing Rangers around a racetrack. And it's those guys right there that make it so hard for me to find a cheap one. I know. (laughs) He did it with the Crown Vicks, too. Exactly. That's a great car. We'll have to do that one again. I think we all know where we're going with that one. All right, well, that's been this week, into to drive or not to drive, the cars we love and the cars we don't. Can't wait to talk to you guys next week yeah. again. And make sure to send us any cars, vehicles you want us to talk about, our yeah.
1: opinions, and also don't forget to get, leave us a good review.
0: Yeah, and uh, also subscribe to our podcast and, what is it, drop a like? No, that's, that's YouTube. We're not on YouTube. We're on a podcast. So how do they do review. that? Review review, review. I just come in here and talk on the microphone. Max handles pretty much everything else.
1: (laughs) So if this goes on YouTube, (laughs) drop a like. Nice. If we're doing a
0: podcast, leave a review, review. make sure to subscribe to our podcast. so You get notifications whenever we drop a new one and we love you. Okay. I got it. Bye. Bye. (laughs)